Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Well, how are you? Good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us today on this Monday, February the 13th, the year 2023. Hope you've had a spectacular weekend. And again, Super Bowl Sunday should be Super Bowl Saturday. I will say it until the cows come home. A little bit tired today after watching that nail-biting, thrilling performance between two unbelievably elite quarterbacks doing their thing on the biggest stage. What a game it was. I hope you're recovered from it as well. LSU women's basketball, uh, not so fast. Not so fast. A great gauge to see where you are, and what you need to be in the future. That and much, much more coming your way today as my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios. He's pushing all the buttons, spinning all the tunes. He's right there on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And I say around the world because I can't tell you how many notes or emails or texts I get from people all over the planet that listen to this show. It's kind of amazing. It's kind of scary, too. Uh, And if you're in the Acadiana area, we are also uh, on your television setters. We're simulcast on Stadium 32.3. And 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, what a game it was between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chiefs played a nearly perfect second half. Uh, Pat Mahomes on, on a bummed ankle still rose to the occasion. And yet one call... One holding call is all anyone is talking about, and Philadelphia Eagle fans are irate. And it's funny that that was the first holding call in the entire game. And it really wasn't an egregious hold by any stretch of the imagination. And because of the flag, it basically ended the game. One play does not make nor break an entirety of a game. It certainly played a part in it. We as Saints fans certainly understand that. But Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and company, what a a game it was, what a performance it was. And the Kansas City Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions. And Pat Mahomes has been to the big show three times in his five years, and he's won two of them. Wow. (laughs) It's pretty darn, pretty darn special. 
to say the very, very least. Uh, it turns out the New Orleans Saints won't be trading for Derek Carr after all, but that doesn't necessarily rule out a union between the two sides in the near future. Carr will reportedly exercise his no-trade clause, ensuring his old team, the Las Vegas Raiders, will not get compensated for his departure. With more than $40 million in guarantees set to trigger later this week, the Raiders are going to release Carr, making him immediately free to negotiate with other teams does it mean the sean the the Derek carter and orleans saints deal is over and done but now there'll be some other players out there um to see and bargain and negotiate and and go from there so more on that coming up uh, in the show. The women's basketball team at LSU suffered its first loss of the season. Um, no question, no doubt that the national championship runs through Columbia, South Carolina, as um, the Gamecocks beat LSU rather convincingly, eighty-eight to sixty-four. Tigers pulled, you know, fell behind early. They pulled within three. With 5.15 to go in the second quarter, but you got to play four quarters. And South Carolina, too big, too talented, too tall, too many. And LSU couldn't handle it. <laughs> Plain and simple. Plain and simple. So it's South Carolina and everybody else, as Kim Mulkey said and said quite convincingly. And she is absolutely 100% correct. Doesn't mean the season is over. It's one game. Now you move on to the next one. For the first time in 20 years, oh, my goodness, we say Alabama, and we always think of number one in football. Well, now Alabama is number one in college basketball. For the first time in 20 years, Purdue's loss to Northwestern last week caused a jumble at the top of the AP Top 25, and that helped the Crimson Tide receive 38 first-place votes from a 62-person media panel on Monday, moving up two spots to leapfrog number two, Houston. Yes, indeed. It's Alabama, Houston, Purdue at three, UCLA at four, Kansas at five. The next SEC team is Tennessee at 10. And that is all she wrote for the league where it just means more. Um, there, we will talk with uh, our our uh, bracketologist Shelby Mast in hour number two and go over all the rankings and whatnot there. So, um Stay tuned for that and much, much more. Fun show planned for you and yours today. Um, the New Orleans Pelicans will be taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. The Pels are currently in the seventh seed, seventh spot in the Western Conference. They are just one game ahead of the Thunder, so you can understand the significance of the ball game. And then there's the side note. As recently as one week ago, there was optimism that Zion Williamson could and would return to the court before the All-Star break for the New Orleans Pelicans. But those hopes were extinguished after Williamson re-aggravated his injured right hamstring, a setback that is expected to sideline him for multiple weeks past the All-Star break. When will it ever end when will it ever end for Zion Williamson and his injuries? 
It is just hard to fathom. It really is. Um, another setback for how long? We don't know. Pelicans executive vice president David Griffin said the setback occurred while Williamson was on the court. So here are the numbers, the facts. Zion has played in 114 career games for the Pelicans. He's missed 169. He'll need to play at least 12 more games this season to avoid to avoid missing the majority of the regular season for the third time in four years. Makes you wonder if they could go back and try to make some type of a trade before the trade deadline, would the Pels reconsider and do so? Well, too late now. He's already missed 28 games this season. He will not be reevaluated until after the All-Star break, which means there's a possibility he will miss the majority of the regular season again for the third time in four years. The Pels will play 23 games after the All-Star break over a six-week period. Now, I've told you they're in seventh place in the West, but they're only a game and a half ahead of the 11th place Utah Jazz. So every game from here on out is incredibly important. And we'll see what the Pels can do when they take on the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Oh, my goodness. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Drives me nuts. Um, The Farmer's Dog top the commercial leaderboard for the USA Today ad meter. Um, so for whatever it's worth, that was uh, that was the one. That was the one. Yes. Eric Bieniemy might get passed over again uh, for a head coaching job. Maybe he leads to leave Kansas City and take over as the offensive coordinator somewhere else, and then possibly he can get a job as a head coach. Um, not only did the fans with a heavy Philadelphia flavor to it at the Super Bowl boo the NFL Walter Payton man of the year, Dak Prescott, but they also booed LeBron James, who was at the game. They showed LeBron up on the big old jumbotron and even he was booed. So there you go. Only, only with Philadelphia fans. Our guest list today, Chris Roseverglue will join us. Little Super Bowl, a lot on the Derek Carr situation um, and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Glenn West will join us. We'll talk LSU women's and men's hoops. And baseball season begins this Friday. Our number two, Shelby Mast, uh, our bracketologist. We'll go over the field of 68. I have no worries with LSU there. But the SEC, boy, it's just this is this year it is so wide open. There is no favorite. There is none. You know, before it was always like Gonzaga or Kentucky or whatever. Not this year. Wide open. And then Blake Rafino will join us um, and we'll talk about whatever. And crosses our mind. That's what's in store for you and yours today. So we hope you sit back and relax for the next two hours. Let's have some. Let's have some fun. So Chris Roseverglue will join us after our first timeout of the day. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Join us for a day of golf and giving at the Game Charity Golf Scramble, benefiting Redbird Ministries. Hit the links at Farm the Alley while supporting a great cause. All proceeds from the tournament will go towards Redbird Ministries' mission of serving families who have been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child. In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drink, and a great day with the staff at the game. So gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com. Together, we can make a difference. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. 17 minutes after the hour on this Monday, February 13th. A Chamber of Commerce Day for sure. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are the world champions. And Derek Carr said, nah, don't trade me. I'm just going to become a free agent. So what does all this mean? Well, our go-to guy is Chris Roseverglue, far, far smarter than I. And he's kind enough to join us this afternoon to kind of sort things out. Good afternoon, Chris. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Jordy. Hope everything's well with you guys. Everything's well. I, I still say Super Bowl Sunday should be Super Bowl Saturday, so I'm not so tired. But uh, I will not be appreciated until well past my time. But onward we go. What did you think of the Super Bowl and that, that what everybody's talking about, the call that signed, sealed, and delivered the win for the Chiefs? Yeah, I, I, look, I look at it as it, it's almost unfortunate, right? Because we watched a game yesterday where Mahomes puts together a gutsy effort. And on the other side of the field, I thought Jalen Hurts was the best oh, player on the field. He was. He really he was. was. Sensational. Yeah. And, you know, I truthfully, Jordy, I watched the game with some people who are Giants fans. And they're sitting there going, man, this kid's sensational. I'm like, <laughs> when the New Yorkers are saying that, that's like, that's a big deal there. So, um, you know, it's just, it's really, I'd say it kind of makes it, bittersweet because I want to sit here and rave about the quarterbacks and trust me, I've been doing it all day raving about the way they played, but uh, to for it to end in that fashion, I don't think it's necessarily the reason why the Eagles lost. I think the Eagles lost because their defense in the second half terrible. Gave up yeah. 24 points in the last two quarters. I and agree. Andy Reid, that might have been the best he's ever coached for a given half of football. Um, it's just unfortunate that it ended on that call. But reality was, it technically was a hold. James Bradbury owned up to it, which uh, kudos to him to actually yeah. do that. That's the, you know, that's the more professional, but also the harder route to take after a gut-wrenching loss like that. Um, it's just the sting of you know, the refs technically were kind of the star of the show, which is saying something because they had a halftime <laughs> show performed by Rihanna. <laughs> I think the Chiefs were, were were nearly flawless in the second half. And look, two out two supremely talented quarterbacks playing at the most elite level on the biggest. You couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, and Fox has to be just salivating because of the the way the game came out and the the drama involved. I mean, golly, that was it was really fun to watch. It was. And, you know, you talked about him being flawless. They, they scored on pretty much every drive in the second half. Um, despite having the ankle injury, when he had to take off, he did. And 
I found it fascinating the guys that stepped up, which is interesting because in a game where you know you're featuring two star quarterbacks, Kadarius Tony, a a acquisition before the trade deadline that really never got his footing in Kansas City this year because he was getting acclimated to the system. Two huge plays, had the touchdown, and then had that that you know ginormous punt return that changed things. And yeah. Sky Moore, I mean, the rookie who had such a tough year, whether it was fumbles on punt returns, uh, a couple of drops here and there, he had a big touchdown as well. I, I just find it so interesting that. I remember going into this season, everyone still, don't get me wrong, thought that Chiefs were a playoff team and they would be able to do some damage. But we always said if there was a year where the offense would be a little bit shaky, maybe it'd be post Tyree Kill. And by some metrics, they were better. And now yeah. the question is, what do they do after this and build off that? And I think that's the scary thing. And look, the Eagles, they're not going anywhere. They've got two first round draft picks. They're just going to get better. I mean, they've got their quarterback for the next 10, 10 years for sure. He silenced any and all skeptics. So, whoo, which takes me to our beloved New Orleans Saints. So, um, tell me the pros, the cons of the Derek Carr. I'm not going to be traded. You're going to have to release me. So, you don't get anything for me. Get me out of here so you don't have to spend all that money. What does that mean for the Saints? Yeah, so let's start with the pros. I think the first thing that you think of is, well, no draft compensation given up. So if the Saints were to sign Derek Carr, um, I think if they had made a trade, they would have given up their third round pick. So who knows? Maybe that 70th pick is someone that you can bring in on either side of the football that can make an impact next year and right. you'll have that asset still there to use. So that's a that's a pro there. I think another pro of, of him is being a free agent is the Saints don't have to go through that complicated process of, okay, we trade for Derek Carr, then we have to rework his contract, but the new league year doesn't start till March. So how do you kind of maneuver that money? I think it's a little bit better because they could set everything on their terms in terms of financially speaking. The the con to this, and it's the biggest one, and it's the one that scares me the most, is uh, there's another team that could enter the fray now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about how there's still mutual interest, and I don't think Derek Carr took that visit with the Saints uh, just for fun. Like, I think the Saints are a team that he has on those on his radar for a plethora of reasons. Weak division would be the number one quarterback in that in the NFC South. If he goes there, he knows Dennis Allen. I think he fits a kind of West Coast style offense and Pete Carmichael would kind of be a good marriage there with him. Uh, but again, a team like the Jets, if they strike out on Aaron Rodgers, that's do they the, go to the forefront. That's what concerns me. And and I think that there are maybe two teams that maybe we're not thinking of at the moment. Maybe a Carolina, uh, maybe another team gets desperate that say, okay, you know what? We'll enter the mix as well. And that's where it gets scary. But I still think the Saints are going to have a good shot at this. And and I actually was talking about it earlier today with, with a couple of people. And we were saying, like, if you told me to pick three teams as the finalists, I think the Saints will still be one of those finalists. It just stinks mm -hmm. to say you don't definitely have your guy for next season. You're going to still have to fight a little bit farther for him. I I think, Chris, it might become a bidding war. And I said this earlier. A lot of things will hinge upon after Eric, uh, um, Aaron Rodgers comes out of the dark and lets everybody know what he wants to do. But there's three teams in the NFC South. I think it's a bidding war between the three. Tampa Bay needs a quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. The Saints need a quarterback. I mean, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm sitting back. Okay, let's let the offers come in. Absolutely. And also, you know, because you mentioned we talked about the quarterbacks before. If I'm Derek Carr, I'm also looking at this saying, you know, let the offers come in and hopefully let it be an NFC team because the the difference between if he stays in the AFC, he's maybe like the eighth or ninth best quarterback. And yep. he goes to the NFC, uh, even if you're not the biggest fan of Derek Carr, how can you not say that he's the third or fourth best quarterback in the conference? It's yep. a good that, point. 
just lost Tom Brady, could yeah. lose Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, you know, it is up there for grabs. But I agree with you. If this is a situation where I can't blame Derek Carr, he's got to do what's best for him. Making this a bidding war is the best situation for him. Uh, and it's just tough because even if, let's say, people weren't all in on Derek Carr to the Saints, if the Saints were to get him, you feel better about your quarterback situation than you did this past season. And also, you kind of get that stress gone. You know, if Derek Carr doesn't work out, fine, but we won't find that out till next January. Whereas now we got to sit here for the rest of February and for the start of March, depending on how long this lingers, going, man, are they going to win this bidding war? Are they going to get Derek Carr? And if they don't, can they pivot quick enough to get another option? And I, I don't know if there's going to be another option as good as Derek Carr in terms of immediate answer. And yet I look at those teams playing in the Super Bowl and it's like, my gosh, we are so far removed from being competitive against a team like that. And that's what's really scary. It is. You know, you watch that game and you kind of think about it like, yes, Derek Carr would be an upgrade. But then you're like, oh, I mean, what if he goes up against some Mahomes? What if he goes up against a Jalen Hurts? The one benefit to all this and, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we're, I'm going to keep going back on is the NFC has the luxury of saying if they face a Patrick Mahomes or if they face a Joe Burrow or if they face a Josh Allen, the they're Super not going to face until the Super Bowl at yeah. least. And that is scary. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> yeah. there's not the constant gauntlet, right? Like Jalen Hurts, I think he's MVP caliber. He's going to get a huge extension. He deserves every penny. You'll have to get past Jalen Hurts in the NFC. But other than that, I mean, Dak technically had a down year. Stafford just had an injury. You know, the landscape's a little bit easier, so I don't get as scared in terms of the NFC problem. Right. But trust me, even if you do get Derek Carr, you still have those doubts, right? Is he good enough to play against those guys, especially when those guys are playing at the height of their powers? It just feels like a totally different game. Just their ability to maneuver in the pocket. And when nothing else is available, you just take off and run. And you saw the strength of Jalen Hurts at the goal line. I mean, everybody saw it. Everybody knew it was coming. They just still couldn't stop it. And the Mahomes, with that 27-yard run, just, I mean, hobbling and just looking around and doing what he does. It's just spectacular. Spectacular. And and so gutsy, too. I, I, the Mahomes thing, is it's one of those situations where I remember when he goes down against the Jaguars, we're all kind of sitting there, well, well, this could change the playoffs. And well, but it didn't change much because he just continued to grind through it. And that's why he's the best of the best. I mean, where does he rank all time now? I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl multiple times. He's won two out of three. He, the youngest player to do it in six years. I mean, are we talking rarefied air here? We are. And, and I think for him, it's just about staying healthy now because he's already got two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, two regular season MVPs. He's going to have the added bonus of playing 17 games a year. So, you know, our beloved Drew Brees, who has all these passing records, if Mahomes stays healthy and he has that extra game, uh, you're going to see 5,000 yards on top of 5,000 yards. And um, I think people have to realize that I don't think he needs to necessarily hit seven like Tom Brady uh, for him to be considered the greatest. At the end of the day, he has to win a certain amount of rings, but he's already got two to his name. He's been to three, so you feel like he can get there again. He's made the AFC Championship game in every single season he started, which just blows my mind. Right. And, you know, when you watch him play to your point, there's throws he makes, and even the simple ones, right? There's a throw he makes on first down that turns it into second and, and two. And, and everyone's thinking, all right, who cares about an eight-yard play? He's running. The defensive line is pulling him to the ground, and somehow he zips it into Kelsey. And I'm like, well, there's one guy who can make that throw. And uh, he's so special. You just hope that he stays healthy so we don't get gypped of what is an all-time career. But how can you leave him out of any list at this point yeah. and watch him be like, hey, if it all goes well, he will be the GOAT. I know it seems premature, but the resume already is just better than some all-time greats. And, and that's just crazy to think about.
I'm glad you mentioned Kelsey. I, I've seen Winslow, Gonzalez, Mackey, uh, Gronkowski. I think he's the best tight end ever. I think Travis Kelsey is unbelievable. I really do. He, he is. And, and the crazy thing about Kelsey is every week you go into it and you're like, well, you got to stop Kelsey. And that's the number one thing you mentioned. And it doesn't work. It doesn't matter. It really can't does do not it. Matter. I mean, first drive, he had the touchdown for them. He always seems open. And the crazy thing about Kelsey is, you know, to be one of those all-time greats, and you mentioned all those tight ends who have had phenomenal careers. The question was, well, is he going to keep doing it? And his numbers actually keep going up, which is crazy. So even if there is somewhat of a decline next year, you're still looking at over a thousand yards. You're still looking at probably 10 plus touchdowns. Uh, he is phenomenal. And when the, when the, the time's over for him, we're going to look at the numbers and statistically speaking, he's probably going to be the most prolific tight end and watching him on, on the, during the games, your eyes probably tell you the same thing. Let's wrap it all up. Come full circle back to Derek Carr. It's going to cost a lot. Can the Saints afford it? And can they manipulate that salary cap with a longer number? To Can they make it work? Financially, the Saints absolutely can make it work. I, I think the question now comes down to what does Derek Carr want, you know, in terms of how his contra contract structure, though, because there could be a point where uh, there's certain guarantees that another team would rather give Derek Carr that can be a factor. There could mm -hmm. be a point of towards of uh, money that's up front. That's the real question, because for New Orleans, and it sounds crazy, they can basically free up enough money to get, I believe, 25 to $30 million under the salary cap without even cutting a player. Like there's certain moves they can make to get them there. Um, obviously, they're going to get rid of certain guys. The, the future for Michael Thomas is uncertain. The future for a guy like David Onyemata is a little bit uncertain. Uh, so there's moves that will be made. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think the financial part of it is really the problem for them as much as what is Derek Carr valuing in terms of the structure of his deal? And also, is there someone that does make the, you know, the godfather offer? Do the Jets whiff on Rodgers yeah. and get so yeah. desperate where, yeah. you know, listening at the, just kind of reading the tea leaves right now and everything, it seems like 35 million is the number for Derek Carr at the moment. Uh, wow. Not so much 40, but what if someone gives him 40 yeah. uh, and that's too much. And the Saints say, Hey, you know what? Do I want Derek Carr for 40 or do I want, I don't know, Andy Dalton for 10? Maybe that's what they end up doing. And I'm not saying that's the right move, but that could put them in that spot. But I do think in terms of do they have the facilities to get a deal done? I absolutely do uh, think they can. It's just a matter of what is Derek Carr value. Chris, thanks for straightening it all out. Appreciate it very much. Have a great rest of your day, buddy. You're the best. You Thank too, you. Jordy. Thank you for having me. All right, Chris Roserglue, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll shift gears. Glenn West, all things going on in Tiger Town after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Brought to you each and every day. We are by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic lazy body laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and provides permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing by DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. By the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana. Get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy and by Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up. That's a goal. 
for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 35 minutes after the hour, we are back. As promised, we shift gears. It's time to bring in our good friend Glenn West to talk all things LSU, courtesy of uh, Go247. Glenn, good afternoon, my friend. How are you doing on this uh, Monday, my my guy? Doing well, Jordy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What do you think of the Super Bowl? You're a big uh, fish. Call, no call. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was a fantastic game for 58 minutes. And then for the game to come down to a call like that, I think, you know, it kind of sours things. I mean, was it the right call? I think it was the right call. But, I mean, you just hate to see a game kind of come down to that, especially when both offenses were clicking as much as they were. Yeah. Uh, Just, just. You know, disappointing way for the game to end, but you know, can't can't complain. I did have the Chiefs, so yeah, okay. It went down to the wire, so you you, know, you can't ask for anything more than that. The day didn't start so well. It's a it's a it's a quick lesson of hey, not so fast. Things are good, getting better, but still a ways to go when you talk LSU women's basketball against that type of team. Yeah, I mean, it was like a layup line for South Carolina at times. It was really tough for them to stop them from getting to the basket. And, yeah, that's a really, really good team. Uh, and, and LSU certainly, I think, you know, you'd make the case, got caught up in some of the, the crowd a little bit early in the game and uh-huh. uh, got down 13 or 14 to 2, uh-huh. uh, able to battle back. I mean, Alexis Morris, uh, really great game from her. She looks like a jackrabbit out there, just bouncing all over the place. And well, she's uh, the only one. She's the only one that could get a shot. She took twenty nine shots. Yeah, she, she was about the only up, one. She's the only one that could get a shot off. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and 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 then you you know you, but you saw them really didn't even have to double team Angel Reese for them to make yeah. you know life difficult for her in the post. So that's a complete team. I mean, that's the team that LSU hopes to be one day. And look, they still got some work to do to get there, but. Um, you know, it was a good test, I think, for them to see just kind of where they're at in the, the pecking order of that. I really do believe that the, the the what am I trying to say? The order was next year supposed to be the year that this women's team is really good. They, yeah, they lose Morris, but they bring in, they get a whole bunch of people coming back, more experience. Um, I, I always, somebody asked me before the game, I, he said, what scares you the most about this thing? I said, Angel Reese hadn't played anybody like Aaliyah Boston. Yeah. And she's gonna get if she's not careful, she's gonna get in early foul trouble, and that's gonna be chaotic. And not to sound prophetic or pat myself, but I just I know I've, I've seen these kind of things, and that's exactly what happened. Now give LSU credit; they fought back, but yeah. just too big, too many, too good. And, and look, I think the bigger takeaway here is that they're ahead of schedule, right? Yeah. I mean, they, their second year for them to be twenty three and zero and having a a game like that where, you know, they're, they're playing for a potential number one overall seed in the tournament. I mean, that's, that's big time stuff there and only year two under Kim Mulkey. And you're right. They're getting a bunch of those players back next year. And that'll be a, a really fun team to watch and certainly uh, be fun to see what kind of uh, players from the portal that, that Kim Mulkey can, can pluck out of the portal this off season. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they're going to be, they're still going to be a number one or a number two seed in the tournament. They're going to have a really great opportunity to host a game probably in Baton Rouge uh, mm-hmm. like they did last year and potentially go deep into this thing. Now, will they win the whole thing? Uh, I don't, South Carolina looked like a team that's not going to lose another game this year, but um, you know, LSU is certainly a, a team that can't be counted out, I don't think, in any any postseason run. Yeah, that's a great 
incredibly valuable lesson to be learned. And 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 that's what you know, that's why South Carolina is South Carolina because they played really good teams, and you know that's what gets them seasoned and hardened and can handle those type of things. So I'm sure next year Kim will schedule um, a tougher non-conference schedule against some big-time opponents. We'll see. Meanwhile, I mean. I have never, ever in my life seen a team have longer, more consistent scoring droughts than the men's team. It is unbelievable. They cannot throw it into Lake Pontchartrain. It's amazing. Yeah, they're 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 really struggling right now. And, you know, I think just talking with Coach McMahon, I mean, it's it gets to a point where you're kind of out of answers. I mean, you you can't keep saying the same thing over and over again. And so um, I think probably what he alluded to in our post-game presser was they missed a couple bunnies. They missed a couple layups early in the game. Fountain, I remember very vividly had one right at the basket that he just point blank missed. And uh, they were getting open looks. I mean, I I, I think they had a lot of great open looks in the first half, uh, particularly from three-point range, Uh, but they just didn't hit any of them. I mean, I think they maybe hit one or two of them. I mean, they had literally six field goals in the first half of that game. Uh, and you, you're just not going to win many games when you score 17 points in the first half. And <laughs> it's just going to be really tough. And so uh, they're going to have to do some some reorganizing of their roster severely this offseason. No question. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of where it is. is. K.J. Williams, is this his last year? I think this is KJ's yeah. last year. Okay. I think even if it wasn't KJ's last year, he would probably not. It would be, be his last year, right? It would I'm be his last year. <laughs> I'm with you, Glenn West. Kind enough to join us. Uh, four days and counting. What is your um, excitement level for the start of college baseball and LSU? It's been dialed up to a ten for the last three weeks watching the men's <laughs> basketball team. I'll tell you that much. Um, they they're, they're going to be really fun to watch. I mean, uh, I'm going to be there probably most of the weekend watching all the games, and um, we'll probably have some kind of media availability later this week. But uh, really excited. I mean, this is a group that you know has you know had probably the biggest offseason hype that you could possibly imagine for a yeah. team coming into this year, and so. Really, the only place to go is down, and and it'll be interesting to see how they kind of uh, weigh those expectations. And I think it's going to be important. I mean, I'll be the, the the public address announcement here, saying, you know, look, just it's okay. They lose one or two games here, you know, early going. <laughs> it's I mean, a long it's year, long year, and then they got a really great tournament coming up next weekend after their opening weekend series. They got a midweek game against Texas early in the season, so. Uh, they're really going to have an opportunity, I think, here to see just what they got uh, going into SEC play. And I would imagine that they would, you know, you want to build your pitching staff and get them strong and get them ready for when conference play starts. So you're going to see guys pitching three innings, and he, they may they may have a no hitter. You and you're going to be going, well, why? Because well, you got to save them and keep yeah. those arms fresh for when the season really begins in the, you know, with with seven teams in the top ten in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty much common sense. You don't want to pitch your, you know, ace pitchers, you know, seven, eight innings right out of the gate, you know, in, in a one, one, in one, one game. So, you know, especially against these non-conference team, I would imagine the the starters probably go four innings at most. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll probably be a hard pitch count on those guys just as they yeah. get acclimated to being starters, uh, and they'll just gradually increase their pitching count uh, as the season goes on. Because you know, one thing the LSU's had in the past several years. They always seem to have one or two injuries to their pitching staff that just yeah. really derails them. You know, whether you go back to 
Cole Henry a few years ago, Jaden Hill, who was supposed to be a right. top five pick, and, and yeah. he got uh, the the Tommy John surgery, and Eric Walker was another guy back after that trip to Omaha that they had in 17. He came back the next year, and he had that Tommy John surgery. So it's 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 really tough, and, and so I think they – understand this new staff that they've got to keep those guys as healthy for as long as possible and every great lsu baseball team that i can recall always had that closer you gave the ball to him in the eighth or in the ninth inning and game over yep they got to find who that guy is and they got i got who it is i think um, they got a couple options uh grant taylor uh is, is one he's a second year player uh, he's come back and absolutely been dominant on the mound. Uh, looks looks the part of a potential closer. He's got a fastball that goes up to 98 miles an hour. Uh, yeah. And uh, th- another one that if he doesn't earn a, uh, a starting role uh, is Chase Shorts, the freshman. Um, he reminds me a lot of uh, Zach Hess and the way that he came out uh, his freshman year and really pitched uh, phenomenal for LSU as a relief pitcher. Another guy who pitches, I mean, he had a couple – couple balls reach 100 miles an hour a couple weekends ago in the scrimmage. So he's a guy that, you know, you can put out there, and I think he'll uh, be a freshman that is composed and will be able to help lead you and get you uh, close victories. I love those guys that throw it hard, but I love those oh, yeah. guys that throw it hard and throw strikes. Yeah. That's what I want. So accuracy is uh, is significant. Um, With four days to go, is – is there a position that's still up for grabs? Is it is it catcher? Uh, what is it? I, I would probably imagine catcher. You'll see Alex Malazzo, the veteran, out there to start the season. Um, I, I just think that they have a lot of trust in him, and that he's gonna, you know, with the offensive firepower they have around him, you know, you can have one bat that maybe doesn't get a hit or get on base every single time at the plate. So they love his defense, but I think second base is going to be the one uh, that you're really going to be looking out for. There's a couple names. Ben Nippolt uh, is one name to watch. you got Gavin Dugas, who's starting just now to get back into the form. Uh, he's swinging the bat really well in the spring. Um, and then you've also got Jack Merrifield, who was a JUCO transfer from several years ago that I think is really going to get uh, an opportunity to, to 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 win that job. But they're going to be recycling a couple guys in and out at yeah. second just to start the year, see, what, see which guy sticks. Everybody knows about Cruz. Everybody knows about Morgan. Everybody knows about White. Everybody knows about, how do you say it, Skeens or Skinnis? Skeens. Okay, everybody knows about Skeens. Give me a name out there. Give uh, let, let's make a prediction. Give me a name of a guy that's like like under the radar that's going to be that's going to have a great year. Yeah, I think there's two that probably come to mind. Jordan Thompson, the shortstop, I think is poised for a real breakout year. Uh, obviously, struggled last year defensively early in the season with an injury, and it affected his defense. Um, everything that I've heard, he's looked like an MLB type shortstop defensively. And he's wow. a guy who really improved, uh, with his bat last year. He was probably the most clutch hitter on the team last year. Um, and so I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, second, I would probably say Josh Pearson, the outfielder who, uh, had a really great second half of the season, had a lot of experience starting in, in right field in Omaha or, uh, in the regional, um, for LSU. And he played a lot down the stretch of some key, key series, um, so I think he; those two are probably the ones that, that stick out to me most as potential breakout guys. See, I went through the whole interview. I didn't ask you one thing about Dale Brown, Sue Gunner Court. I didn't ask you anything about fake news on Brian Kelly. Is he divorcing? Is he yeah. not? What the heck, Thank you. What the heck is going on? I Clint appreciate West. it. Jeez, um. 
Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the Dale Brown court thing, um, my whole take on that was there are a lot more pressing issues with the PMAC than just Thank the you. name of the court. I'm with you. Dale seemed to take it very well when that, you know, passed uh, last week. So it is what move it is. On, yes. Move on and, and you get into more pressing scenarios moving forward. Glenn West, go to 47 Sports. Mondays are always better, my man. Thank you so much. Take awesome. care. Thank All you, Jordy. Talk we'll soon. see you soon. Glenn West, kind enough to join us. We'll take a time out. We will come back with more. So stay with us. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you oh, something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. That's right. You could score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open the app, and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab. And you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple. And it's all from the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 52 minutes after the hour as we wrap up hour number one. We've got uh, some bracketology in hour number two. We'll talk some things about LSU. And I wonder, as a um, a football fan in Louisiana, what would you prefer? Would you prefer another national championship, say, for LSU? Or would you want a Super Bowl for the New Orleans Saints? Hmm. I guess it goes to where your uh, heart lies, where your most uh, allegiance falls. Um, I personally like both. I've been fortunate enough to see a Super Bowl. I've been fortunate enough to be there on the sidelines for football national championships. I've been there for baseball national championships. I'd love to see a basketball championship. I don't know if, if that will ever, ever happen. Never say never. Never say never. Um, been close, got to the final fours, but never has a basketball team gotten to the national championship game. Um, and boy, I'd like that. I'd like that in a big time way. So was that Super Bowl the best one ever? I don't know. Um, again, you know, we're, we're prisoners of the moment and that's kind of fresh in your mind. And it got down to the last 11 seconds that the field goal was kicked to win it. Uh, you kick off, you run it four seconds, uh, three seconds, click off the clock. You got eight seconds to go and you could see Mahomes' shoulder. What was that pass he threw at the end? What was that? Um, anyway, again, one call's not going to make or break a game. If Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble that football and Kansas city gets a scoop and score, you know, that it, it, it's, it, plays out over the full 60 minutes it just it always does and you can't just pinpoint one play and say that was the call. although you could in that saints game with the nola no call um, but other than that i mean it's just a it's a you got to tip your cap both teams played really really hard i was just floored um 
during the pregame with um, America the Beautiful and the national anthem and players and coaches in in tears. Boy, it meant a lot to me, said a lot in this crazy world that we live in where people take knees and whatever, turn their back uh, to see that raw emotion was kind of um, to me. It, it was really cool. It was really good. It made me feel good um, that it meant that much. You know, it's a combination of so much hard work and so many breaks that go your way to be able to get to that point and time and i think it just hit them and wow it was a pure raw emotion um so wow just uh spectacular what a great game now the xfl will start up this weekend um we're getting ready for march and so college basketball will come to the forefront. We got the NBA All-Star Game coming up this weekend. We got Zion Williamson hurt again. Uh, and the beat goes on. And the beat goes on. And this um, once promising NBA season is now teetering as the Pels are in seventh, tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves at 10 games behind the Denver Nuggets. They're just a half a game ahead of the Warriors in ninth, uh, one game ahead of Oklahoma City in 10th, and a game and a half ahead of Utah and Portland. Uh, they would be like 12th. Um, so this thing is just so fluid. Um, they can never stay healthy. And it's so frustrating. I'm not blaming the guy. Stuff happens. But man, man, his whole forte is his bulk. But then that's his own worst enemy is his bulk. He keeps getting injured and injured and injured. You could say Brandon Ingram just the opposite. He's so frail that that frailty is a strength, but it's also his big weakness as well. So it makes players from the past and now that just are available all the time. And to think that LeBron James, who got booed at the Super Bowl, has played in so many games and for so many years. It's just, it's just remarkable. Hour number two straight ahead. This is the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. We'll be right back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go. My main man, James Mesh, in that highly sought-after producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's in the game studio, which is on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on a little bit further west at uh, 1041 in Lake Charles. Streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. If you're in the Acadiana area, you can pop your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Super Bowl 57's in the books, trailing by... 
10 at the half. The Kansas City Chiefs outscored the Philadelphia Eagles 24-11 to in the second half, kicking a game-winning field goal with about 11 seconds to go to win it 38-35. to Two outstanding performances by the runner-up for the MVP award and the MVP award winner. Patrick Mahomes has now been to three Super Bowls. He's won two of them. He has been the game's MVP in two of them. Here's his coach, Andy Reid, talking about the greatness of one Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, listen, he grew grew up in a locker room. He's seen the greats, and he strives to be the greatest. I mean, without saying anything, that's the way he works. I mean, he wants to be the greatest player ever. That's, that's what he wants to do, and that's the way he goes about his business, and he does it humbly, you know? I mean, there's no bragging. Uh, he could stand up here and give you the, these stats that are incredible that he's had, but he never, he's never going to do that. That's just not him, and so uh, we, appreciate, we appreciate that. And then when it's time for the guys around to raise their game, he helps them with that. He, he's one of these great, the great quarterbacks make everybody around him better, including the head coach. So he's he's done a heck of a job. He really has. He is um, certainly among the elite. And Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia's got their quarterback for the next 10 years plus. He is really, really good. It was a great game. And um, one play or one call does not make nor break a game in its entirety. But the Kansas City Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions. Earlier in the day, the LSU women's basketball team suffered its first loss of the season at the hands of, without question, without doubt, the undisputed top team in the nation, South Carolina, losing in front of 18,000 plus 88 to 64. They're just too big. They're too good. They're too deep. Kim Mulkey's team ahead of pe- ahead of schedule. It's remarkable they are where they are this quickly in their tenure. Kim Mulkey was asked after the game, what did you tell your team in the locker room? Well, I'd have to think all the things I said to them. Um, I asked them, evaluate yourself individually on this big stage today and critique yourself. What can you do better next time you're on this big stage? Evaluate your teammates. Who did good today? If you thought you did good, raise your hand. And I think one kid raised her hand. Um, learn from it. I talked to them about guts and grit and just determination and not just play the game to be playing it. It, it you know, and... Um, Things like that. I tell them, this is just one game. There's goals we have. And we've got to take tomorrow off and get ready for Ole Miss and um, be thankful that LSU was on this stage. Who in the world would have thought that we would be on this stage in year two of rebuilding the program? And you got to be a part of that. You got to be a part of that. You got to help us keep going and climbing to where we're someday where South Carolina is. It was like a boxing match, and South Carolina was akin to Mike Tyson. They made 
eight of their first nine shots, jumped out to an 18-2 to two lead, got that fan base into a rabid state of mind, and they set the tone for the game. Angel Reese acquired two early fouls. Her consecutive uh, double-double streak is over. She got double-figure points, but only four rebounds, and South Carolina dominated on the boards. 43 to 25 for LSU. Five South Carolina players in double figures. LSU only had two. Alexis Morris with 23, but she needed 29 shots to get to that 23. Reese had 16. And the bench, I said it was too much, too tall, too deep. 34 points for the Gamecocks bench, 15 for LSU. It is what it is. It's it was um it was a wake up to reality call, and now the Tigers move on and might get a chance to see them again on a neutral court at the SEC tournament. And you might just might, if you learn from this and get better from this, you might see them down the road in the NCAA tournament. Right now, the Tigers are a number two seed in that so and they have dropped from number three in the country to number five not bad not bad at all for the first time in 20 years the alabama crimson tie oh they're always there in football but they're the number one team in the country in college basketball purdue lost to northwestern last week caused a jumble at the top of the ap top 25 that helped the crimson tide to get 38 of the 62 person media panel votes they moved ahead of houston who's number two purdue dropped to number three ucla is at four kansas is at five the only other sec team in the top 25 is Tennessee at number 10. They're 19 and 6. We'll talk with Shelby Mast of uh, Shelby's Bracket WAG. Uh, he's our bracketologist and the bracketologist for USA Today. Ah, there is not absolutely no clear cut favorite in this one, but I don't think there's that many teams that can legitimately claim they have a legitimate shot at winning the national championship. It's crazy. It's crazy. The Pels are back in action tonight, taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team they lead by one game in the Western Conference standings. The Pels are at 7, 29 and 28. The Thunder at number 10 at 27 and 28. So two less in the win column, equal in the loss column, thus a one-game differential. And uh, so a very significant game riding on the back of the bad news that uh, working out, Zion Williamson re-aggravated his injured right hamstring, a setback that is expected to sideline him for multiple weeks past the All-Star break. They got a couple of games left this week. Then it's time for rest, relaxation, and Get away from basketball when the Pels get back from the All-Star break, which will be held in Utah in Salt Lake City. Uh, they'll have 23 games left in the regular season. And now it is a sprint, a sprint to the finish line to see if you can, one, get a um, in the top six of the playoffs or at worst, number two, at least make it into the play-in games. Pels are in seventh place in the West, only a game and a half ahead of the 11th placed Utah Jazz. So um, a lot of work to be done, and they won't have Zion Williamson 
again for quite some time. He's already missed 28 games this season. Um, won't be reevaluated until after the All-Star break, which means there is a distinct possibility he will miss the majority of the regular season for the third time in four years. It never ends with the injury front for the Pelicans. It just never, ever ends. Man, it's just it's just a shame. It's just a shame. Um, I don't know if you're into all the commercials, but USA Today has an ad meter where people vote, and the farmer's dog topped the commercial leaderboard. Um, and, and, and there you go. So uh, uh, it promotes itself as a fresh food alternative to mass-produced pet fare. Um, that was voted the best of the 51 commercials that played. Voted the worst was the U2 Octung Baby Live at the Sphere commercial. Live at the Sphere, which is in Las Vegas in the fall of 2023. So you have the best, you have the worst, and it costs you about $7 million to get 30 seconds on the air. Didn't listen to the halftime show, so I don't know anything about how Rihanna performed. I don't know, but I did see the America the Beautiful and the National Anthem and the players and the coaches that were moved to tears for that. Dad, come, that was strong. That was strong. Absolutely strong. All right, Shelby Mass will join us. Bracketology as we uh, approach the month of March. It's a wide open field of, uh, of 68 that will be vying to cut down the final nets and claim themselves as the national champion. We'll go over that with Shelby. Then Blake Rafino will join us, and we'll talk all things about whatever crosses our mind. We're glad you're with us. Um, we'll take our first time out of our number two and be back. So stay with us. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do you know what tomorrow is, don't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, if you need help with taking your lady out for Valentine's Day, the help you need can be found inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You better hurry because as a member of our rewards club, we have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. How about a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville or a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard and last but certainly not least, a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's kitchen at cypress bayou casino resort you can only score these great prizes to help you with valentine's day by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com it's free it's simple so go sign up today jordy holberg was draining three-pointers with ease way before steph curry came on the scene or was even born now back to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
18 minutes after the hour. Welcome back on this uh, Monday, February 13th, Valentine's Day tomorrow, guys. Don't forget, don't drop the ball. Another week of college basketball and another new number one. As for the first time in 20 years, Alabama. We always think about football, but right now they are the king of the college basketball world as they have leapfrogged Houston in the number one spot. Purdue suffered a couple of losses, which leads us to the wild, wild Ides of March coming up. March Madness right around the corner, and we need our bracketologist uh, for uh, the USA Today, College Insider and the Jordy Hulpert Show, the one and only, the inimitable Shelby Mast with Shelby's Bracket W-A-G. What's up, Shelby? How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? Not bad at all. You had the you had the game, uh, the, the the winning team in the Super Bowl just just off by a couple of points. You had it a four point difference. It was a three point difference. You're pretty darn good, Shelby. Yeah, if I get my, my March picks like that, that'd be real nice. Is this going to be a difficult year to get your? I mean, your your percentage of teams and and the 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 order that they're in has been astronomical. This year seems like man, you can roll the dice, and there's all kinds of options here. Yeah, there is. I'm worried about how my percentage is going to take a hit because it's so wide open. There's not dominant teams at the top. You could take uh, any number of the four and five seeds and move them up, and not feel too bad about it. So it's going to be a wild, crazy year. I'm hoping that the uh, reveal this weekend will tell us something. I'm sure it will. Um, the top five in the AP poll, Alabama, Houston, Purdue, UCLA, Kansas. The top four seeds in Shelby's bracket, Alabama, Kansas, Purdue, and Texas, in whatever order it may be. Um why Texas? Why Kansas? Um, when all these other media people have them as number five and number six in the country. Yeah, I, I did notice that. Uh, I'm. I do what the committee does. Ignore the polls. Yeah. Good. The net and you know the meat of the conference or the meat of the schedule, and those teams have a very high number of quad one wins. And the committee preaches to us that that's what they look at. So that's what I'm doing. Okay. Quad one wins are significant. Who is your number one overall seed? I've kept it at Purdue. They've had a couple losses uh, coming down this past couple weeks, but neither of them have been bad losses. They've lost at teams that are tournament teams. And Mm -hmm. so I think overall for a full season, their body of work is just as good right now with Kansas and Alabama. Those are my top three. Uh, you, I, I can't produce just for, to do it. When you look at a team um, and you've seen the history of Final Fours and National Championship teams, it always seems like the team that wins it um, has a, a, a budding superstar type of player um, and really, really good guard play. Would you yep. would, would you say that that's basically true? Yeah, I think so, because in the tournament, it's six games over three weeks. You have yep. to have good guard play. It helps to have upper classmen that are guards. And then you got to mm-hmm. have another piece of it that is, like you say, a budding superstar. Whether they turn out to be or not is 
it doesn't really matter. But if they are in that mold of a, a budding superstar, then that's the kind of team you want to watch. So with that in mind, which teams really stand out when it comes to those guards that, that handle the ball, break pressure, uh, get the ball to the right player at the right time, can knock down free throws down the stretch? Which teams stand out to you? Right now, it's Alabama, Texas, and UCLA. They okay. are the, the not for me against Alabama. They've got a fantastic guard, but he's a freshman. And that would be my only drawback with them. They, you know, he's, he's a stud player, but having a freshman out there, I'd rather have an upperclassman. And okay. Texas has an upperclassman, so does UCLA. Those guys have been through the ringer, and they know mm-hmm. they know what to expect and how can adapt. Defense always comes into play. When I think of defense, I think of Houston. I do think of UCLA. Uh, what other teams stand out? And maybe Purdue because they got that uh, that mountain of a man protecting the rim. Yeah, <clears throat> Houston would probably be my pick for for defense. On down the bracket, you've got Virginia, who always plays mm-hmm. solid defense. Boring to watch, but it's effective. Yeah. I think that, I don't know if Virginia can make a run this year, but I, I think you're right on with Houston and UCLA. Maybe Baylor, too. Yeah, yeah, I was, that's a good point. I, I just don't think Virginia has enough offensive firepower. I mean, teams that win play really good defense. But they can score. You got to be able to get up and down the floor and make buckets. And Virginia likes to walk it up, get into a half court set, and that that kind of plays right into the hands of a Houston or a UCLA or an Alabama. Yeah, it worked a few years ago for them, but yeah. I, I, that's not something that can work every year. I don't think. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, again, there may not be a clear cut favorite to win the national championship. But I don't think there's a whole bunch of teams that you can honestly say are legitimate national championship contenders. Like Tennessee is a 10 is is your 10th overall pick. I don't think Tennessee is one of those teams that can win a national championship. I just don't. Am I crazy? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I, I don't trust Tennessee at all. But if chips fall right in the tournament they could squirrel their way through and get there. And that happens a lot for some of these teams that don't look like a team that is built for a title, but the cards fall just right and it works out for them. So you still, you know, I always factor that in to it. Shelby Mass, Bracket W-A-G, kind enough uh, to join us here. Um these lower conference schools that only get one bid. I mean, it just makes those conference tournaments so, so um, meaningful. Uh, but the power five groups, who, who's leading the way with the most teams in your bracket to date? Uh, probably the big 10. Let me check. The big 10 has so many teams and they've mm-hmm. got a lot that are going to get in. I've got nine projected in right now and eight from the big 12. Uh, it's really impressive to me that eight from the Big 12 because they only got 10 teams. So that's 80% wow. of that conference. And with the the Big 10, that's a nice number, but it's not, you know, it's just over half. Uh, I think that the Big uh, Big 10 will get the most teams in, but the most effective teams, I don't think so. 
I think you've got five SEC teams in, but most notably, you've got three SEC teams in your first four outs. Mississippi State, Kentucky, Texas A&M. Texas A&M keeps winning games. What is it about A&M that you do like? What is it about them that you don't like? Yeah, they, they keep winning games. You know, I, I keep wanting to write them off, and I won't because of last year. You know, I had the nice run at the end of the year. Yeah. But – They've got a good team. This is pretty much the same team that was there last year that possibly should have been in. But this year they've got two quad four losses to Murray State and Wofford. And oh. you, you know, as a bubble team you just can't have that. You gotta yeah. you gotta have they only have two quad one wins against Auburn and Florida. They did sweep Auburn. But uh, there's not a whole lot of meat on their schedule as far as wins go. Shelby Bass with us. There's a team out there that for the past two or three or four years, they've had that target on their back, and that's Gonzaga. And they've been really good, but they haven't done it all. This year, under the radar, they suffered some losses. I think some of the pressure is off of them. You've got them as your number nine overall team, which is still great, but they're not up there at the number one line, number one seed overall. I think Gonzaga is a team you better look out for. They've got that Drew Timmy, that experienced guy. They've got a really good coach. I think some of that that piano's off their back, that pressure's off of them. Uh, don't count Gonzaga out. I think that's one of those teams that could make a really deep run. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it helps not having the spotlight on your team all year. And they're right. still going to have a bit of it, but not like it has been. And I think that I, I'm hoping that will be good for them. We can have a lot of upsets. Are we gonna are we gonna have a March Madness like we want where uh a Youngstown State's gonna up gonna give somebody the run of their life in the opener? I mean that's that's what we live for on that opening day. And if so, what's one of those teams in your like from fifty on down that you give an opportunity back? Ooh, you don't want to play them in the first round. I got a couple. Right now, I'd say Iona. I got them in a 14 seed. You don't ever want to count out Patino. You know, and he, yep. he's a coach yep. there. Yeah. They're a tested team, and they're going to have a coach on their sideline that you want to have come tournament time. Another one is Eastern Washington. I saw them play only one game, and they were impressive, but they're far enough out west where the East out of the U.S. doesn't see him. Yeah. So that could be under-the-radar kind of, you know, real low seed. If they get in, they could give a team trouble. That's what those teams, they have those small, quick, quick guards, and they have one six eight six nine wing that can really get on the glass and do that. That's what makes this tournament so good. Like you said, I, I couldn't tell you one player on Eastern Washington, on Iona, on Colgate, on Furman, uh, Cal Santa, couldn't tell you one player, but I guarantee you they got about two or three really good players that, that, that will open your eyes come tournament time. Yeah, they got the kind of players that I think you want on your team, you know, they're not superstars. They're kind of more like blue guys and, yep. and they've played together for three or four years. So they yep. know the tendency of each other. They, they are a true team. And those, those younger superstar teams, 
the, they can get baffled by them. They get, you know. Love it. It, it would be a surprise to play a team like that. I absolutely love it. All right, Shelby Mass, if you had to pick one team today, and we're not going to hold you to it because it's fluid, who's your favorite to win the whole thing? I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Indiana. Ooh. I'm not a fan, wow. but I like that team. I like what they've All done. All right, there you go. We'll talk to you next week, my friend, because the clock is ticking. And, Shelby, you got your work cut out for you this year, but I got a funny feeling – you're going to be right up there in the 95 percentile or better like you are every year. So thank you for your time, my friend. Enjoy your week. Thank you. You too. Hi. Right, take care. Shelby Mass with Shelby's Bracket WAG. You can follow him here on our show. You can follow him on collegeinsider.com, uh, the USA Today Sports, and many, many others. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. There are over 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. Man, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic lazy body laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and get you permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon, with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef, it's crawfish season. to Turn up the taste with some Cajun Chef hot sauce. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, 36 minutes, 37 minutes after the hour. Um, time to catch up with our good friend from the Are You Serious podcast, the one, the only, Mr. Blake Rafino. Blake, good afternoon, my friend. What's happening? What's going on, Jordy? How are you? I'm good. You watch that Super Bowl? And if so, what'd you think? Oh, man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to depress you. Well, it's not. No, I'm not depressed. I, I, well, it's just a couple of things. One, the game does, never comes down to one play, right? But two, I, I am in the. So look, do I think it's the right call? Yes, the the late holding call. Do I think they should have made the call? No. Jordy, no. how many times have you ever seen a running back? Go out for a screen and be held by a defensive lineman, and the quarterback's got to throw the ball in the dirt. Yeah. So the receiver is behind the line of scrimmage. Juju Smith Schuster is behind the line of scrimmage. And with the rule book, which we posted today on Twitter, says it's inadvertent contact behind the line of scrimmage. So what is it? So 
I just think that you have so many different rules for so many different scenarios and things that makes a no- like Jordan. What's a catch? What's a catch? If you're not, mm-hmm. gonna, how do you give Devonta Smith the, the incompletion when the ball doesn't move? And then you say, okay, well he has he completes the catch inbounds, but then and then makes a football move and then comes out of bounds and the ball hits the ground in full control. So is it a catch or not a catch? I, I just don't understand right. a lot of like a lot of these different things. But look, you can't. You know, Patrick Mahomes is is great, and <sighs> they scored on every possession. So I'm with you. Can you foresee? Because Jalen Hur- I mean, Jalen Hurts was pulled from the national championship game because he was horrible, and Tua came in, and that started the Tua surge the boy Jalen Hurts went to work and and Philly's got their quarterback for the next 10 years um a very skinnier version is Jaden Daniels what do you see as his future what does that look like it's what we've been talking about okay so what does Jalen Hurts do better now than he didn't do at Alabama he converts passes down the field yeah at least or at least he takes the shot so the A.J. Brown touchdown, okay, in double coverage, it's a horrible throw. It's an absolutely horrendous throw. But he what does he do? He gives his wide receiver a chance, comes down with yep. a touchdown. The very next drive, Jordy, the ball almost got picked. But later in the game, Devonta Smith goes on a real uh, wheel route. He, complete, he completes the pass, which then makes the safeties go down or, or back out of the box which what Steve Spagnola did, the D.C. and Kansas City, early in the game. So, really, you just have to hit more pass, intermediate passes. You know, even, Jordy, the quick slants uh, were killing Kansas City early because you can't come down in the box because if the wide receiver, like A.J. Brown, has one broken tackle, Jordy, he went for 32, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think you just have scenarios where if he can just be more consistent with hitting passes at 10, 15, 20 yards down the field, it will make him so much more deadly and that offense so much more deadly. That's what I think you have to, you, you will see. There are different styles of runner, but Jane, da- Jane Daniels is just, you can't stop him if he's going to be able to hit those passes down the field, in my opinion. Okay. So I agree with you. So don't you in spring practice, don't you put a rule in Jaden Daniels on Jaden Daniels, dude, I don't care. You're not going to run. You're going to drop back, whether it's in the shotgun or or whatever, but you're not going to run. You're going to have to throw. And if it's an incompletion, it's an incompletion. If it's an interception, it's an interception, but you're going to throw the football. We know you can run. We want to make you better passing the ball. Yeah, you're almost kind of telling them to take what, you know, what Andy Reid has done in the past. You know, like when Andy Reid had Vic in Philadelphia, he said, he, you know, I don't know if I can say this on radio, but he says, boom, I shot, you, I shot your foot. You can only sit in the pocket, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of yeah. got to make do that type of scenario where you, you just kind of force him to do so. Now, you, don't tell, you tell him that he can extend the play, but not to run, right? You know, just getting more comfortable. But on the flip side of that, though, Jordy, you can't lead the SEC in drops either. Okay? 
I know. So, I know. You, there, there's parts of this, too, where we put so much on Jaden. You know, Jordy, what if I would have told you that 13% of passes, not in, not caught, or it could have been caught, but just attempts at Kayshawn Boutique got dropped, 13%. It shattered an SEC record in a bad way. So you just can't – you can't have those scenarios either to where it, it's a culmination of things. Now that they have a full off season with a, you know same coordinator, same quarterback coach, et cetera, et cetera, they should be better. But they just got to they got to work at it though. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, look, I, last year I thought, oh, the Saints are going to have a great season, and LSU's really, really going to struggle. So I was I was completely off base, and I'm and I'm looking at um, LSU's schedule next year, boy, it's, it, uh, it's sure that opening game against Florida state will certainly be, um, a, a game that, uh, catches the national attention. It'll be the biggest game of, uh, of the week. Um, and it just, it's going to set the tone yet again for, um, for the season. So that's a huge opener. Massive opener, and look, Florida State is not a you know not a bad team. They're a really really good team. You know, a video is going to I think either be published Wednesday or Thursday um, of myself, and and we we talk about this, Jordy. I think that Florida State's a sleeper national championship team. Okay, what they did up front, getting guys like Braden Fisk, uh, uh, going and getting Central uh, uh, Central. From Virginia, the the DB that LSU was even after. I mean, they've gotten some really good pieces. Uh, Jared Burst returns. So I, look, they're gonna. <laughs> I'm telling you now, they're gonna be a very, very tough team up front. Very tough. And so now you just got to sit back and just kind of ask yourself the question, Jordy. Can if you beat Florida State, does LSU deserve to be in the top three? Either team. If either team, whichever team wins that game, is probably going to be in the top three. Okay, and they deserve to be. It's a it's a juggernaut fight. It, it, it really is coming into week one uh, next season. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, are we going to have a? Is LSU going to be back to the days of old with with a type of defense that's going to be just um, stout? Difficult to play against, or are you concerned about that side? Mm. So here's an interesting stat, and I'm not a sad guy, but I think we we do it at the end of the year. George, they were 41st in total defense. Okay, they got faster in the DB room, which I think makes them better. The reason that they were 41st was because they had the 73rd worst defense on third down. They were abysmal on third down. Okay. Now, what games were they abysmal in? Florida State, Texas A&M, Alabama, Tennessee. Georgia, you lost three of those four games. Yeah. You know, Georgia, or, and you can even throw Georgia in there. So I think that they actually did pretty decent last year, okay, with a lot of pieces, and then I think they improved in the back end. So you're getting better, and then – I think your defense, just as a whole, will be better. Defensive line, things like that. So, I'm not going to say it's going to be a defensive old, but I think that they have potential to be in the top 20 
With that being said, though, however, okay, you still got a lot of question marks. You don't know how good Denver Harris is going to be. You don't know how good Omar Spates is going to be. So where you have question marks, and I get it, I mean, they, they only have the potential to be better. So you've got Harold Perkins returning. you got Deshaun Womack that's already enrolled, who I think is going to have a big impact on the edge. They should be better. Jordy, if they – the crazy thing is, if they get into the top 20, you're talking about at, at minimum, okay, because no team has ever done this. No team in the SEC has had top 15, top 20 offensive and defensive performances and had less and had worse than two losses in the season. Never, It's never happened. The last time mm-hmm. it happened was last season with Alabama, and then the, 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 the last time that Alabama did it was in 2019. So when you're able to – put offense and defense together like that, it usually bodes for an extremely, extremely good season, playoff-type season. Yeah. If LSU stays healthy and does well, Florida State's going to be the big test. You're going to be grambling. you got to go to Mississippi State, um, where LSU's always played well. you got a new coach. Things are going to be different there. you got Arkansas at home. Um, what's the – after the Florida State game, What's the big next test? Um, you're at Mississippi State, Arkansas at home, at Ole Miss, at Missouri, Auburn at home, Army, at Alabama, Florida, Georgia State, and at Texas A&M. This schedule is really favorable for LSU next year. Really favorable. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. You ready for it? Yep. Missouri. Here's why. Jordy, did okay. you know? did you know that 2019 LSU and 2022 Georgia are the only teams in college football in the last 35 years to go in conference in back-to-back road games and go undefeated. How nuts is that? Good stat. Good stat. So, Missouri, teams, Jordy, that go on the road in back-to-back weeks, a.k.a. USC, a.k.a. Tennessee, Okay, getting beat by South Carolina. Yeah, teams that teams that go on the road in back to back weeks struggle immensely. The the team that LSU played in 2019 going on the road to back to back weeks, Alabama and then Ole Miss. If everybody remembers John Rice Plumley, yep. I think they're still running against Dave Aranda's defense from 2019. So I, I, those are the interesting things, Jordan, that always. You know, make me go in game with saying, don't count out Missouri, don't count out Missouri. And then yeah. I get blasted, and then, Jordy, you went 28-21. He is right? Blake Rafino <laughs> from, from the Are You Serious podcast. We're out of time, my friend. Hey, have a great week, Later. and thank you. Thank you. Yep, you too, Jordy. Have a good day. All right, take care. We'll take our final timeout, wrap things up with a special birthday wish after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
Delta Media Corps is looking for self-motivated and hardworking individuals to join the team. Delta Media is currently hiring a human resources manager to manage the HR department, hire, interview, administer pay, benefits, and more. In addition, we're looking to add an account executive. Training is available. If you're interested, send your resume to jcochran at deltamediacorp.com. Delta Media Corp is an equal opportunity employer. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Football officially over. XFL starting. Are you going to watch? Are you going to watch? Mm, no, I'm not. I'm not. Hoops, baby. It's hoops time. Um, got the word. Daughters in the her team, St. Joe's Academy, is in the playoffs. They will play Wednesday night at SJA against uh, C.E. Bird. Uh, 24 teams in it. St. Thomas More is in the same division. So um, who knows? Maybe... The Red Stickers and the Cougars will meet up down the road. We'll, we shall see. But it's, uh, it's a fun, fun time. High school basketball is uh, all the hard work. The regular season for the girls are over. Playoffs start this week. Uh, the boys coming up as well. So good luck to each and every one of you. Uh, what, a, what an accomplishment it is to make it. And the rules have changed, and there are more teams involved. I think it's great um, with the select, non-select, since we're going to have all that. It just is what it is. So enjoy the opportunities. I uh, can't wait till Wednesday night when we tip it off, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll be a nervous wreck, but that's just the just the way it goes. That's the nature of the beast. Special thanks to our guest today, Chris Rosevoglu. Chiefs of the champs, Derek Carr waiting. He's going to be released, and then he's going to go out there in the free agency market and see what the best spot for him is. Is it New Orleans? Time will tell. Glenn West, women's team gets beat. Men's team can't throw it in the ocean. Baseball starts up Friday. Shelby Mast, Purdue's his number one. Alabama moves to number one in the country in the polls. And Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast. Um, if today is your birthday, February 13th, happy birthday to you and yours. I uh, hope you have some cake and ice cream. You share yours with the retired 76-year-old Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, Duke is going to make a tournament again. But Coach K, one of those special, special coaches that lasted the test of time. So happy birthday, Coach Coach K. Tomorrow, um, LSU's at uh, Georgia in hoops. We'll talk about that. We'll recap the Pels and the Thunder. And um, as always, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us, get his thoughts on the Super Bowl, get his thoughts on the Saints draft and all the things that need to take place so that's tomorrow and we look forward to it james mesh in the producer's chair thank you so much for all you do thanks to all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do whether it's the radio via the internet or on television thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day we love you uh come on back tomorrow same time two to four same great stations 1037 lafayette 104 lake charles until then i'm jordy helper stay thirsty my friends do everything you can to stay healthy let's be kind to one another and be happy we'll talk to you tomorrow so long everybody